Welcome in to the Victory Sports Podcast. I am your host, Preston Victory. Hope you all had an amazing weekend, a wonderful week in the world of sports. Texas is officially not back after losing to Kansas. I think they had like a 30-plus game uh, losing streak on the road against conference opponents snapped. Some wild action in the NFL. Lots of exciting stuff. We're a little over the halfway point um, with the NFL, and so we're starting to kind of see which teams are going to be your one seeds and like who may be already looking forward to next year. But I'll start off with college football. Um, as I mentioned, Texas falling to Kansas, a new low for Texas. When when I look at Texas in general, they just can't ever seem to get it right. They have all the facilities, the tools, everything necessary to attract top talent and be a potential top ten team in the country. And they, just, I mean, they they can't seem to pull it together. I think one of the things I think it might be is a, a little bit of a culture issue. Um, because when you go down there, the facilities, I mean, they're probably better than some of these NFL facilities out there. And so I think there might be a little bit of an entitlement issue with the team, um, like like soft, if you will, because they're um, just kind of given everything because, I mean, their budgets are through the roof, so they treat their athletes extremely well. Um, so I think... There's some culture issues that Coach Sarkeesian is definitely going to need to address if he wants to remain the head coach there. There's already people I've heard that are saying that Texas whiffed. I think it's a little early to be saying that. Um, he, the dude hasn't even completed his first year as head coach, so I would at least give him two, if not at least three years. I think one of the biggest mistakes these uh, top programs make when it comes to hiring their new coaches is they fire them way too soon um like look at lsu it hasn't even been two years and they're gonna fire ed orgeron now there's some other like apparently there's like off the field um related issues that contributed to them letting ed orgeron go but i mean point being is the dude won the national championship two years ago and they're already like he's gone like it's it's crazy to me that you would just have that little patience with a head coach. I mean, like for a new coach to come in, um, teach his play his playing style, his um, playbook, and everything to the players, and getting the right players to fit the system, and also the type of like players that you want on your team, that takes time. I mean, you gotta. I mean, you gotta at least allow the coach to get his players in there um time to like to implement his culture because some of these uh, programs they definitely have some cancerous players like when it comes to the culture that the coach wants to implement and I think sometimes it takes a little bit of time for them to kind of weed them out you know like it's not always clear who that group of players are so I would be I would be really surprised if Texas fires Sarkeesian this early, but I think there's a little bit of an overreaction and just you know 
patience at this point. Uh, regarding the rest of college football, Tennessee gave Georgia a little bit of a scare in the first quarter. They were up uh, 10-7, but then Georgia did what Georgia does and took control of the game from there. So good effort by Tennessee. Still a very long ways to go before they get up to where they were back in the um, late uh, 90s. Ohio State avoided uh, an upset at Purdue, handled business there pretty well. Buckeyes remain or are still in a great spot to make the college football playoff. But not Oklahoma, who lost to Baylor 27-14, basically eliminating themselves from the, like any hope that they had of making the college football playoff. Uh, the quarterback play has been a little inconsistent this year. Uh, kind of flip-flopping between Caleb Williams and uh, Spencer Rattler. Um, both have shown like moments of brilliance, but also um, both have not like played particularly great at times. So a little bit of a challenge for Oklahoma because it's never easy when you're having to flip-flop between quarterbacks. Like that's just like flip-flopping between your like who your leader is and who it, who isn't. I think it's always good that a team has. Like especially at the quarterback position because they ha- they play such a large leadership role, um, that you like you know who it is. There's no questions asked, and that's it. Um, so tough tough loss for Oklahoma. Um, their offensive line has not been great this year as it has been in years past. So I think that's contributed a little bit to the subpar quarterback play. Um, like they haven't been able to run the ball like they normally do, and so. I think it's put more pressure on the quarterbacks, and they haven't been able to um, carry that burden effectively this year. You know, they'd had a lot of close wins, but not this time. Mississippi State, very impressive um, come-from-behind win at Auburn. I I saw this stat. It was, um, let me find it here real quick. Yeah, so Will Rogers, quarterback for Mississippi State. He's got four games this season where he's thrown for more than 400 yards. The last quarterback at Mississippi State to do that was Dak Prescott, and he only had two. Will Rogers has four. Now, I know Mike Leach's offense, very pass-heavy, but regardless, that is very impressive. And what a response by Mississippi State. I mean... I don't think many people had them uh, doing that well this year, like based off um, looking at some of the preseason polls in the SEC. But, I mean, they've beaten Kentucky. They should have at least gone to overtime against Arkansas, missed the chip shot field goal. Um, Should have beaten Memphis, lost a close game to LSU. I mean, they very well could be 8-2 at this point. So, great uh, comfort behind win by them and just, you know, a good season for them so far. Also, another uh, noteworthy game that I really enjoyed watching was Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Two really good football teams. Uh, Texas A&M kind of fell back into their um, pre-Alabama victory slump on the offensive side. I don't really, I don't really understand this offense. With given how great they played against um, Alabama's defense, um, quarterback uh, their quarterback uh, Zach 
Calzada. I apologize if I'm butchering his name, but he played. I watched the Alabama game. He played unbelievable, like game of his life type of performance, and I was like, wow, like where's this been? Well, it looks to, he looks to be struggling a little bit with some consistency issues, and that's ultimately what um, plagued him here against Ole Miss. Matt Corral continued his uh, Heisman uh, level run, you know, solid performance, uh, 24-37, 247 yards and a touchdown. Didn't do much damage on the ground, but still good win for Ole Miss. Two top, at least top 15 teams in the country. Probably, I I might even say that they're actually top 10. Uh, that was a fun game to watch. Um, yeah, I believe those were all the games I wanted to cover. Um, Cincinnati taking care of business. Michigan beating Penn State, who has just fallen off a cliff uh, as of recently. I believe they have lost. They lost four in a row. For the last five, They've, that's has not been a good run for them. Um, and then the ultimate question that many people ask is, how does this affect the college football playoff? Uh, nothing's really changed. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio State are the four teams. Cincinnati's um, at the five spot right now. I don't think that will change when they announce the... Um, the new rankings tomorrow, and then Oklahoma's going to fall off a bunch. I could see Ole Miss making a, a pretty sizable jump into the top 10, but um, no other uh, major movement when it comes to like the um, overall outcome of the college football playoff, so um, I think it's, it's pretty straightforward at this point. It would take a monumental upset um, of over uh, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State. I very well could see Oregon um, losing here over the next couple weeks. They play Utah. Um, Utah is ranked uh, 24th. And then Oregon State, you never know what can happen um, with a rivalry game. So, And I just I don't trust Oregon um, as a favorite. They've played a lot of uh, tight, contested games. Um, they took care of business against Washington, but or Washington State, I should say. And but I don't know, just they're not looking very impressive in like in these wins that they should, I think, be winning by a little bit more. But you know, regardless, you know, a win's a win. So as long as they can keep that going, their their path forward is uh, pretty straight. But um, yeah, I don't see Georgia losing. Alabama, you never know what can happen in an Iron Bowl type of game. They very well, there is a, I think, a possibility that they find a way to lose that game. But I ultimately, I don't, I don't see it happening this time around. Um, pretty straightforward going forward. Going forward, <laughs> excuse me. But yeah, I guess, I mean, when I, like when I look at the teams, like who do I think is most likely to win it? I mean. How can you not take Georgia in this instance? I mean, their defense is playing like Nick Saban's pre-spread offense dominant um, like era. Like, I mean, I don't know if you remember, like back when like AJ McCarron was the quarterback for Alabama. Like the defense just smothered people. Like you could not move the ball against them. Very physical, unbelievable like level. I thought of the athleticism 
And, yeah, I just, I mean, you got a 340-pound defensive lineman that, like, run, that can run faster than me, like, than just about anybody out there. I mean, the guy's a freak of nature from an athletic perspective. So I like Georgia to not only make the college football playoff, but, you know, take care of business and win it. be very cool to see Kirby Smart um, take it home because most uh, assistants that end up leaving Nick Saban don't do particularly well. I mean, you've got Smart, and then, of course, you've got, uh, excuse me, Lane Kiffin. But, yeah, be very happy for him. He is, you know, he's definitely built a culture there, and, you know, it looks like they're on the path to winning it all. All right. Good recap with college football. Shift over to the NFL. And I'll kick it off with my Tennessee Titans taking care of business again without Derrick Henry. And they didn't really run the ball particularly well. Adrian Peterson, not particularly effective. Eight carries, 21 yards. And then uh, Dante uh, Foreman, uh, 11 carries, 30 yards, nothing too impressive. So Tannehill's gonna um, Tannehill carried the the uh, the load of the offense, and he's gonna have to continue to do so for the Titans to be successful. Um, Saints, you know, with the late route, like like excuse me, late rally to um, tie it, but they couldn't get the two point conversion at the end. So great win for the Titans. The Saints have got to find a way to regroup. Um, literally two weeks ago, they were leading the division, and now. You know, they've lost their last two since, so tough blow to them. Miami over uh, the Ravens. This is like an, this one game I found very interesting. It didn't shock me, just given how, especially last week's NFL week went with um, upsets, like Jacks being the Bills. Who would have ever thought that? But um, the Ravens' defense is not very good. Um,. For some reason, I don't. People haven't talked about there. I haven't seen many um, stories on it, but I mean, the drive at the end when the Ravens made it a one possession game, uh, Tua was in at quarterback and he found a wide open receiver. Nobody was within ten yards of the guy, and it set um, the Dolphins up nicely to score a touchdown and essentially put that game away. So, I think the defense um, has some serious issues. Um, you know they're giving up a lot of yards and a lot of points, and um, it's putting even more pressure on Lamar Jackson, who I still think is the front runner for the MVP. I don't want to hear it. Okay, like one bad game does not that that's not going to take away from what he has had to shoulder this season. He Lamar Jackson once again led his led his team in rushing as well as passing. I mean because he's the quarterback, but. Um, there's just too much on him, I feel like, at this point. Um, other guys on the team need to step up a little bit, um, especially on the defensive side. Give him a little bit more support because if you're a defensive coordinator, you're basically, you know, you you lock down Lamar Jackson, you will win this game easily. So I think the uh, the path for the rate, like stopping the Ravens is pretty straightforward, and that can be problematic because, a great team you want to be able to win more than just one way and the Ravens only have one way which is Lamar Jackson making uh, something out of nothing so I think that's an issue that the Ravens are gonna have to tackle going forward 
Um, but regardless, great win by Miami, winning two straight after starting one and seven. I don't think it will amount to anything big, but I think it just goes to show you when you don't have good quarterback play, it makes everything look a whole lot worse than what it actually is. Um, regarding the rest of the games, uh, Cowboys blow out the Falcons. Um, they are definitely, I would say at this point, I'm starting to become a little bit more convinced that they um, have the potential to go on a Super Bowl run. They've got um, the playmakers on both the offense and the defensive side to make that happen. Um, I do still worry about their reliance on turnovers on the defensive side. Um, that's definitely been something, like, well, it's obviously always great to take the ball away, eh, like, at the rate that they're doing. Um, I feel like as you go up against greater teams, you can't rely on those turnovers because the greater teams don't turn the ball over. They don't uh, gift wrap as many of those. So I do worry about the defense a little bit, but, I mean, offensively, how can you not love this team? I mean, yeah, just receivers all over the place, C.D. Lamb, uh, Amari Cooper, I would say Dak Prescott, um, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard. Like, they are just loaded on the offensive side. Patriots over the Browns. Oof, this is... I want to talk about this one for a little bit. So, the Patriots have found their identity. I think that is... Um, I think that that's pretty clear at this point. They're they're going to run the ball. They're going to play smart defense, not make many mistakes. Um, they don't really have a big play wide receiver, which I definitely find concerning. But it's you know they're physical. They out they outwork you, and they've been able to do that very well. I think the winning streak is up to four. Let me check that because I believe yeah yeah. So they've won four in a row after starting the year two and four and. I mean, I, this has been something I've been spot on about. I, I think this is a playoff team. I think, you know, Mac Jones, not going to make many mistakes. He's getting better. Um, the defense is a Coach uh, Belichick-led defense, and as we know, he's, I, would, I think he's the greatest defensive mind in all of football. So um, he's going to get the most out of his players, and I just I like the way that New England's heading. Now, when you go to the other side of this game, the Browns, um, while they did not have Nick Chubb, and they had an offensive tackle that was out, I'm done hearing the excuses for Baker Mayfield. He does not deserve a long-term contract. He just doesn't. When, like, as an, as an elite franchise-level quarterback, you've got to overcome um, obstacles. Like, Nick Chubb not being out. I mean, the backup running back, Dearness Johnson, had 19 carries for 99 yards. The running game wasn't the problem. It's Baker Mayfield. Um, I understand his... I definitely think he is a better quarterback without OBJ. I think just psychologically not having to like figure out, all right, how am I going to get the ball to this in this guy's hands um, definitely helps him. But, I mean, too many times this year, he's just he's just had a stinker of a game. I mean... When when teams know the Browns have to throw no matter what, and Baker doesn't have the uh, the ability to use play action to um, assist him, he's he's in a below average quarterback, and um, you know he got outdueled by Mac Jones. I mean, 
the Browns have the fourth like the fourth best quarterback in their division. Like Joe Burrow is better. Roethlisberger can be better. On like depends on the week, so that's debatable. Um, Lamar Jackson's definitely better. I mean, it's this is not good if you're Cleveland. So I think I mean if you weren't before, you should definitely consider. Um, if you're a Browns fan or I mean the Browns GM, you need to be looking at other options. I think that I mean, I hope and think that they will, because um, I mean, unless Baker takes a very team-friendly contract, I just I, I can't see the Browns um, wanting to extend him beyond his uh, his rookie deal. But um, yeah, just a very surprising game overall. I mean, especially with the Patriots' ability to run the ball against the Browns' front front seven, which is you know a pretty dominant group. I mean. I do think that the issues don't like fall just on Baker, but I mean seven points in the offensive side of the ball. I mean it's not good. So I, that I put on him, and um, yeah, they need to look in a different direction at the quarterback position, as I've been saying for a little bit now. Let's see, Bills taking care of business at the Jets. Mike White is um, what we thought he was—a very below-average quarterback. Um, Lions, Steelers. I mean, come like you you can't help but feel for the Lions. They're they just they need to find a quarterback. Like Jared Goff is not it. Still has not won a game without Sean McVay as his head coach. I think that's all that needs to be said about about that. Um, And then also, if you're the Steelers, I mean, you've got to find. A competent replacement for Ben Roethlisberger after this year, because I think it's pretty clear that you need to move off of him. Um, but and Mason Rudolph is definitely not the answer either. I think I think maybe going after Aaron Rodgers maybe might be um, part of the plan, but we we shall see. But just ugly game to watch there. Washington football team over the Tampa Bay. Gotta, I gotta love Taylor Heineke and you know, the way he played, and it appears that he has the Buccaneers number. Um, he played better against them than any of the other quarterbacks in the uh, playoffs um, last year that went up against the Bucks, and you know he looked dominant again. I definitely don't think he is a long-term uh, answer in Washington, but I think he has proven at this point that he is more than capable in stepping in as a backup. And um, I think he'll develop a nice little career, like as a career backup. And he, he's shown that he's more than capable at this point. Uh, the Buccaneers, not particularly worried. Still plenty of season left. They'll get it right. Uh, Colt McCoy for the, uh, the Cardinals came back down to earth against the Panthers. Um, that kind of just falls in line with what I think uh, Colt McCoy is as a player. Uh, great uh, fill-in um, guy for... Uh, as a backup at quarterback, but definitely not uh, by any means a long-term solution. Um, Packers at Seahawks, pretty strange game. Um, with uh, Russell Wilson coming back, you f- would have figured that the Seahawks offense would have um, bounced back a little bit uh, compared to where it was with Geno Smith, but... Um, I think I mean the Packers defense made a statement. This is, I think this is at the very minimum a top fifteen, potentially even top ten uh, level group. 
in terms of defense. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looked a little, you know, like rusty coming back from COVID. But, um, yeah, Packers looking strong, like where they're at. I think, yeah, they're now number – they're the number one seed um, in the NFC. So, with Rodgers back, and he'll uh, only get better after um, taking a week off with uh, COVID, as I had mentioned. I don't worry about that long term. They got the Rams coming up here in a couple weeks, so that will be a big one for them in order to get that number one seed. But I like where they're at. Defense is playing great. Offense will um, come back together here shortly once um, they get everybody back from injuries and uh, COVID protocols. And then the Kansas City Chiefs finally covering a game against the spread. Um, 41-14 over the Raiders. They appear to have found um, their offensive identity. And, you know, Mahomes um, has taken a lot of heat over the past couple weeks um, with his um, mechanics and sloppy footwork. But, you know, got to give him credit. He's um, he's clearly been putting in the work, and um, it showed on Sunday night. Uh Raiders off or defense, I should say, couldn't uh, stop the Chiefs' offense no matter what they tried or threw at them. And I'm starting to wonder if this is where the Raiders start to kind of fall off as the uh, year progresses. Because I mean, this is what they've done. Um, they start off hot, and, you know, three and zero, and they're two and four in their last six games. Obviously, they've had a lot of um, distractions if you will, like, um, from, like, off-the-field um, incidents. I mean, I don't know if I can remember a time where a football team had a worse month of off-the-field issues than the Raiders have had. But um, I think regardless, I think this has just proven to be potentially the same old Raiders team we've seen from the past two or three years. Um, start off good, look pretty, you know, like they could be something, but then... Um, as the year goes on, teams kind of figure them out, and they fall off a little bit of a cliff. So that's where I kind of think they're heading. Um, they're going uh, to play Cincinnati next week, who is going to be desperate for a victory after losing two straight themselves. So I'll be excited to watch that game because a couple of desperate teams looking for some wins to remain relevant in the playoff race. But yeah, that uh, concludes the um, NFL coverage. Some nice um, games to watch, and a lot of like fun upcoming ones. We got uh, Rams at 49ers. Uh, Rams favored by the Pierce. Yeah, the, the line is down to three and a half. Um, it was four for a while, but let's say I th- I think the 49ers are probably gonna bounce back in this one. I I believe when a team gets humiliated like the 49ers did last week. Um, they're going to bounce back in a big way this week. So I like it to be a close competitive uh, game. I think the Rams ultimately pulled out with a field goal here at the end. But, um, yeah, exciting NFL week. Lots as we like finally start to figure out which um, teams are going to be playoff teams and which teams need to start looking at the draft. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. And I cannot wait to cover it with you guys. That is all I have for you guys here today. Again, I love all of you. Appreciate you guys tuning in to the show. My name is Preston Victory, and this is the Victory Sports Podcast.